0: Welcome to the Harvest Center. Harvest Center.
1: The Harvest Center. The Harvest Center.
0: The Harvest Center.
2: The
1: Harvest Center.
2: The Harvest Center. The Harvest Center. Harvest Center. The Harvest Center. Welcome to the Harvest Center. We're glad you're here today.
1: Morning, Church. Good morning, everyone. And I want to start first of all with a massive thank you for all of you who yesterday. Uh, you, you know, made some time on your, uh, I, I, I'm I sure, very busy weekly schedule and you came to help out with the outreach. It was a great time together and I was um, speaking uh, with some of the people that came and they really enjoyed it. My neighbor came along um, and, and she was saying that she really enjoyed the day. Uh, so thank you so much for helping and, uh, you know, I just want to remember you that all what we do, in our town, in our communities, because we want to shine the light of Christ. And we believe that, you know, we can shine the light of Christ in different ways. We can speak to people. We can show the love of Christ to people. Uh, you know, but the final goal is always to bring people into the kingdom, to share about this wonderful faith that we have in Christ. Amen. So thank you so much. Thank you for coming. Now you see uh, a very uh, populated band behind me of young people. and you. <laughs> And you may wonder what's going on. Well, you know, we will hear from these guys during the service. But what I can just say now, very quickly, it is a joy. It is an honor to have the students from the IBTI or IBTC. Uh, It's a Bible school, uh, a Bible college in the south of England where me and Anna also studied a year ago. Where me and Anna uh, served there for a number of years. And, And since we came here in Brandon, we kept that connection alive. Um, with uh, with the college. And it's always nice to have the students to come around. They, they, they came to help us out with the, uh, the, with the outreach yesterday, and they will be here today. There will be a blessing for us. We will hear for them. We'll hear the stories and, and different things. And uh, I'm sure that God has prepared something for each one of us. I'm so looking forward to, to see what God has prepared for us today. And I just want to uh, read something before... We are going to spend some time in, in the presence of God worshiping God. I just want to read, read a few verses uh, from Psalm 118 uh, from verse 14 to verse 24. It's a few verses, but I really I would like you to concentrate, as I'm going to read. I know it's the beginning of the service. We're still very distracted. You're still looking around to see who is here, who is not here. doesn't matter who is not here. You are here, the Lord is here. So let's concentrate on what God has for us today. So, this is what the Bible says from verse 14 of Psalm 118 The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. The strong right arm of the Lord is raised in triumph. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. I will not die. Instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. The Lord has punished me served severely, but he did not let me die. Open for me the gates where the righteous enter, and I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord, and the godly enters enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the day of the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, we always like to focus and remember this verse. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. But sometimes, if we are honest, it's difficult to rejoice in the Lord, especially when we go through difficult times and, and say, how can I rejoice in you today? Well, I think I want just to point out what we have read here. You know, the day that he's speaking is the day of, of salvation that the Lord has brought about in our life. So we will rejoice and be glad in Him, because if we go and look what we just read, we know that He is our strength in verse 14, and he is our song, therefore I can rejoice in Him. We read that we will not die, but one day we will see Him face to face, therefore we can rejoice in Him. We know that, you know, He has opened for us the gates where the righteous enter. He made us righteous before His eyes because of what He has done on the cross. Therefore, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I know because I I can rejoice in God in verse 21 because He has answered our prayer. He has given me victory. This is why I can rejoice in the Lord. This is why today I can be glad in Him. And you know... They say, well, yeah, but now, I'm struggling now. Well, for the now, there is something else. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on his own. So about your today, don't worry. Trust God. Each day has enough trouble on his own. But generally speaking, this is the day where we can rejoice in God because He died on the cross. We are righteous before His eyes. Yeah, we, can, we, will, they, we will see Him face to face. We're not going to die, or actually maybe we would die physically, but we will go and see Him face to face. What a day that's going to be. Amen? So I want to encourage you as we stand up and we open, you know, our hearts as we going to have some time of worship too. I want to invite you to remember yourself that the reason why, this is the day where we can rejoice. The reason why this is the day where we can be glad in Him is because of what He has done on the cross for us. It's because of what we are, our identity in Christ. We are children of God. We are forgiven. We can rejoice because of this. This is enough for us to rejoice. And in regards to what's happening today in your life, do not be worried. Do not be concerned. Trust God. Trust God. Stay with Him, follow Him, and He will lead you in good places. So dear God, we thank you because we are here together. We thank you because we can worship you. We thank you because we are your children. We thank you because we are forgiven. We thank you because one day we will see you face to face. We thank you because you don't look at us for what we deserve, but you look at us for what you've done on the cross for us. We are righteous before you, God. And we are so thankful today because we belong to you, Lord God. We are not wandering. We are not going astray but we belong to you you are our shepherd God and we thank you for that and I want to pray Holy Spirit as we gather together we thank you first of all for your presence among us we thank you because you prepared something good for us today and I want to pray for the hearts of the people that are here sitting today for myself for everybody Lord God our hearts will be ready to receive from you to be blessed by you to be touched by you so we thank you Lord God We worship your name. We lift your name on high. You are wonderful. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. Yes, Lord God. We thank you for what you've done on the cross for us. For the price that you paid for us. And because of that sacrifice, we can be here today. We can worship your name. We can lift your name. We can be touched by you. We can Speak to us, Lord God. Everything is because of the cross. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please take your seat. Thank you so much, guys. Shall we give a round of applause? Well done. Now, before I get my names wrong, I get my phone out. If you know me a little bit, you probably know that I'm quite a disaster remembering names. and Usually, Anna is always there, you know, to kind of <laughs> help me out with that. But when she, yeah, she's too far now. So, I'll have to read my, uh, my notes here if I find it. Now, as, as uh, by the way, as you probably, you know, we prayed about, just, uh, I want to invite you to remember to pray for, for Star. Uh, you know if you are in the active on the Facebook group of the church and the prayer group you uh, you know what happened to her she basically uh, lost her daughter back home Uh, all of a sudden um, her granddaughter found them dead um, home and her daughter was a single mom so she's now traveling back Um, quite it's quite expensive also the ticket but you know a lot of people actually have given towards that to help her to get a ticket to, to fly back. And, uh, you know, just let's keep her in our prayer. You know, is uh, I think it's difficult to say I understand what she goes through because I've never lost a child. But maybe some of you here, you've gone through that experience. It's something really extremely painful. So just remember her in your prayer, yeah, that God will give her strength and also a lot of wisdom on what she has to do, like from a... Um, um, bureaucratical point of view also with her granddaughter because she's alone now. So we just want to cover her in prayer during this time. Okay, we um, Now I spoke to the students. I know I told you that I would have had the item first But because I think the item is uh, they will sing something. Why, why don't we have a break and we hear from them first? So we're gonna hear the, uh, hear a testimony first an interview. So I changed my plan last moment But there you go surprise surprise. So I would like to invite Leah and Maria So, Maria is from Spain, is that right? And Honduras, yeah. And Leah from Australia. Now, I'm not, I'm not good with Australian accent. You can change the height if you want of these things, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, i pass you the mic.
3: Hello, everyone. So, yes, as, we, as you know, I'm Leah.
0: And I'm Maria from Honduras.
3: So, this morning, we will be sharing uh, a bit about how God has been good in our life and how we can test about, testify about His goodness. So, let's get started. So, first question, Maria. What age did you say yes to Christ?
0: Okay, so when I was in Honduras, I was going to the church. But then when I moved to Spain, I was around 11, 12. And then that was the moment when I decided to, to say yes to Christ. I was going to the church, but I was not like committed for my own to Christ. So I say, Wait. when I moved, it was my moment of decision. Yeah, so it was around like eight years ago. Yeah. Wow, how good is that?
3: So next question, Maria. What uh, what do you want to see in your future with God being fulfilled?
0: In my future, I want to see I want to see me in the church working, and I want to see I don't know developing my gifts and my all the things that God has put in my heart and also the things that He has put in my yes in my heart and He will put in my life. So I want to see that I want to see me in the church helping others to to go to God. And to know more God, I want to see that. And you, Leah, what do you want to see?
3: I want to see uh, many miracles happening. I want to see people uh, being coming to Christ, being committed to Christ. I want to see people getting baptized. I want to see many things, but there are the things that I would like to see in my, in my future ministry one day, that people really commit to Christ the way we have committed, and to really know Christ as a personal Savior. And um, that's my, my heart, and to also see miracles of healing and many other miracles that God can only do. Uh, so this is my um, my um, my. F- well, I would like to see my future. So
0: yeah. So another question is, what have God done in your life until now?
3: Good question. <laughs> many things God has been so 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 good to me. Uh, but what I can say is um, the way God has. Uh, planned every single event in my life and the way he has brought everything together for one purpose and to be able to uh, also travel, to be able to uh, see other parts of the world and serve God in other parts of the world. It's been good to see how God's goodness has been with me throughout the whole time and uh, what I can say is, um, uh, one thing I can say is how God has enriched me with uh, the culture of many different nations and he has taught me so many things and um, especially the, the kingdom culture that I was brought up with and how God is, is moving uh, through this culture in my life. And But God has done many other things, but this is one aspect that I can say that God has done in my life. He has brought uh, many blessings, many miracles, uh, my family coming to Christ, me being transformed and changed, My the way my character is, the way uh, my personality is, just really God has been uh, faithful to me um, and my family. So this is what I have God has been good so far and done, so, yeah.
0: So, I have the last question and is what thing you can say that is the thing that um, helps you to be committed and to continue committing to God?
3: Um, okay, what, uh, what makes me stand firm in the decision to follow Christ? Um, I would say how um, how constant God is in my life, how God is constantly speaking, how God is constantly revealing himself to me. Uh, he's He continues to uh, follow me everywhere I go. I continue to really... Uh, it's also, a, um, I would say, a personal commitment. So I'm also uh, wanting to have that intimate relationship with God and how God continues to pour out his spirit, that he continues to pour out his goodness. Uh, but... Yeah, I would say how constant God is in my life. That's what um, makes me stand firm, how His love is, is um, never-ending, it's uh, eternal. So it's just how God is for me. That's what makes me want to say yes to Christ and what makes me want to stand firm into the decision that uh, how good God is, His character, the way He continues to mold us. Um, so His attributes, that's what I stand on. Um, so that's what I can say. That makes me stand firm.
0: It's interesting because I will say also, sorry, you can <laughs> clap later. <laughs> it's interesting because I will say the same is like the way that God has been with me since I was a child. I was not committed to him, but he has been with me since I was a child and he is with me now. And I know that he will be with me in the future. So it's the thing that is like the, yeah, the thing that made me to stand firm, and to be firm with him. Every day and also, yeah. And I, I know how has been God with my family. And I have been, uh, have seen miracles in my family also. So, Yeah, it's the thing that helped me to be committed and to stand firm in God. Yeah. So I think we finished. Now you can. Thank you very much.
1: You can clap now, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was uh, Leah and Maria. You didn't tell us how old you are. 21 and? and tw- so 21 and 20. Like you just heard two young women in their early 20s just sharing about Jesus and the love that we got for God. And maybe, you know, just you're here for the first time or it's like you don't know God yet. And maybe you're wondering how can a young person, you know, be in love with God, Who is God, you know, is there even a God? And I just want to, you know, invite you that, to experience God in your life. You can actually do that, you see. Uh, you know, we, we worship a God that because of our sin, He came to die on the cross for us. And I want to invite you today, maybe you are enjoying being a spectator of what's going on here today. But I want to invite you that that is actually, it's not about being a spectator. There's much more that you can experience. You can actually experience God in your life. And it's pretty simple. You just have to open your heart and say, God, if you are there, you know, I want to feel what these young people are feeling. I want to experience what, you know, what I'm hearing about. And you will actually, you will, you will become someone that moves from watching something and maybe enjoying what we are seeing from a person that actually, I enjoy, yes. But even more, I experience what these people are speaking about. And it is for everyone. It, it doesn't come with a cost. It's not, you know. It's just open your heart, you know, to the Lord. Now, isn't that wonderful? Oh, I'm telling you guys, when we'll get in heaven, it's not just going to be English-speaking people or Italian or anything else. It's just going to be a mixed match of languages, all united by what Christ has done on the cross for us. And, you know, I just want to, you know, you see these young guys, you know. uh, It kind of reminds me when I left my country to go and study the IBTI. You know, they go there. They make a step of faith. And, um, you know, not everyone, when he's on a 20, a 20, not any 20 years, every 20 years old people have got the finances to cover the the, the school fee. And I remember that when I was there as a student, I, I was blessed by people who had, uh, I told you the story many times, you know, they covered the price of my my entire fee for my second year. And, um, and then these people, you know, when they finish their study, they go back to their countries or whatever God sends them. And they become a blessing wherever they go. And uh, the reason why I'm saying that, you know, remember a couple of Sundays ago, I shared about finances in the church and I encouraged people to give in the church. And I, I said to you that, you know, we as a church, we like to invest back into the kingdom of God. And I will not say any names because we we've done it as an anonym, anonym, anonymously, but some of the students, you know, we we were able to bless with what you have given to the church, and we contributed to, towards the fee. So that's just an example, you know, of how we can actually invest into the kingdom. And um, it was wonderful to you know to have them here and just to hear uh, them singing in different languages. Wonderful. Wonderful story. Now, before moving on, we, we just want to hear now uh, from one of the staff members of the college who is here. He ca- she came along with a student, this is Becky. Can you come here, Becky, please? Now, me and Anna, we remembered Becky very well because um, we were actually working at the college when she came as a student there for the six-month course. And uh, so that's how we got to know her the first time. And then, uh, you know, eventually she stayed at the school. So we worked as well alongside with her. And then we moved here in Brandon. But, you know, we're still well connected with the school and, of course, with all what's going on there. So we're going to hear from, from Becky something about the, the IBTI because maybe you're wondering, okay, these young guys is wonderful. They're coming from this college. But what is this place all about? So we're going to hear something from Becky now.
4: Thanks, I'm really. Yeah, my name's Becky, and I'm not going to tell you my age. Um, it's been fantastic. Been here for a couple of days because I'm actually I've actually come back to my roots. I am born and bred Norfolkian, so I spent my first 18 years in Kings Lynn. So if anyone here is from Kings Lynn, I'd love to speak to you later. Um, it's a very rare time that I ever come back to Norfolk, so it's a real blessing uh, this weekend. Um so yes, for the last eight and a half years I've been at the college. I'd never heard of the place before I went there. Um it's I went for six months as a student and I was asked to stay on and work afterwards. I thought it would be for a year. Eight years later I'm still there. Um But it is an amazing place and what you've seen today, the students on the stage, the students that you've interacted with as well, what you see is a product um, partly of IBTI. Some of the students on the stage have never done anything like this before, before they come to the college. But they are enabled to every single day apply what they're learning in the classroom. Uh, They get practical opportunities frequently to put into practice what they're learning. So, at the college, we run two courses. They're both six-month courses. The first one is the certificate course in applied theology. The second course is the diploma course in applied theology. And it is exactly what it is. They learn theology in the classroom and then they apply it. And we give them plenty of opportunities to do that. God, every year, deals with students in the present, in the ver- each day, he's speaking, molding, shaping, but he also deals with things from the past, and he prepares them for the future. And as you can see today, um, the students are enabled to leave the college and develop, walk into whatever calling God has got on their lives. So I recommend for anybody, there's no age limit, anyone who's interested in investing six months of their life, possibly a year, check us out. We're on www.ibti.org. We're on Instagram. So check us out and come and speak to us afterwards. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Becky. And just a small note. How many years the IBTI has been operating, Becky? 77 years. 76, 77. It's, like, it's a long time they've been around. And, and uh, when I was a student there, once I had the privilege of going through the old, uh, they had the registry with all the names of the students. Going back to the first day, oh my goodness. You know, some of the people I read there, people that, uh, you know, end up being um, uh, general supervisor of denominations in Italy. I've seen Italians, you know, that studied 50 years before me, and now they're, you know, supervising like hundreds of churches around the country, people who worked in England, people who went across the world, and some of of these names are really big names as well. It was amazing just going, going through all the history, and it really has been a place that, uh, one way or another has been a blessing, you know, for so many nations across this past 70 plus years. So we, you know, it, it's really, guys, it's an honor to have you here today and, and it was great to to uh, to listen to what you prepared for us. Now, we're going to have um, the word in a moment, but I've got some notices first. Sarah, if you'd like to come and then... Um,
2: I'll stand up here. Hello, I'm Sarah, believe it or not, because I haven't been around for a few weeks. So just in case, I do usually come to this church. Okay, so we've got quite a few things to let you know about. Tonight, we are launching our Godly Parenting course. Woo-woo! Okay, and this is for anyone in the church who just wants to get some inspiration, some guidance, some godly wisdom... From those who've been there and done it, (laughs) live to tell the tale. Yes, so um, that's tonight and it's at 6.30. So just check. Oh, yes, yes. And we will have childcare. So do not stay at home because you've got children. Come out if you've got children because you need to be here. All right, so tonight, 6.30, you're welcome to join us. Uh, And then starting this week, we have got life groups again. All right, so we've got two on a Tuesday Ken and Val is at their house at 7 o'clock. Oh, great, great. And we have got one on Tuesday, all good, at 7.30. It's going well. And then on Wednesday, you've got Sam and Anna's, which is the family-friendly group. So that's here. And on Thursday, Tina and Giuseppe are here at 7 p.m. So various topics. Ours is the first steps one for those of you who have gone through Alpha. Oh, sorry, I didn't look at that one. Okay, the family one on a Wednesday, come a little bit earlier, 6.30. Okay, so the ones who've done Alpha, if you want to come along to the First Steps, which is the next group after that, come to our group on a Tuesday. Ken and Val are going to do Gifts of the Spirit, possibly, probably. Okay, and Samuel, no, Samuel is is, is like a family group, and Giuseppe and Tina are going to do the Book of Habakkuk. So, lots to choose from. okay. We are, let me just, I'll come back to that one. What else have we got? Oh, yes. Baptisms are coming up in July. So for those people who have yet to make that decision and be baptised, speak to Sam. That's going to be on the 9th of July in the morning service. Oh, and we're going to have a guest speaker that day as well, Colin Cooper. So definitely be here. And, um, okay, and then the only other thing to announce is today... We've got a lovely, delicious church lunch cooking away. So please feel free to stay. There'll be plenty for everyone. It, there was always more food than we ever need. So uh, please stay help. Don't forget, it's a family meal. And I'm sure not everybody like just watches their mums do all the cooking and washing up and cleaning up and everything. Well, hopefully not. We do it together, all right? <laughs> we'll talk about that on the parenting course, actually. <laughs> so yeah, so um, it's a family meal. We all, we all chip in. So yeah, we'll set up because it's nice. The sun was shining. I can't see, but I think it still is. And the gazebo is still up. If you, want to, yeah, if you want to eat outside, please feel free to take your food out there and fellowship onwards there. Right. And as we go into the tithes and offerings, we still have an opportunity to give to the medical mission at Khufu. All right. If you want to give um, via the card, just see me at the back. And if you put it in the offering, just make sure it's marked for Khufu so we know. All right. And uh, we'll leave it at that for today. And uh, the kids are then dismissed.
1: As always, thank you so much for your generosity. Okay, so, well, I'm not going to speak today. Today there's going to be another speaker. Maybe you didn't know about this uh, fact about his life, but he's actually a former IBTI student just like me. And this person
5: is Giuseppe. (laughs) So I asked Samuel before to, um, to come in and say, well, I just go straight without introductions. I said, no, no, I will introduce you. So because I like to embarrass people, I was thinking, why should I do the same? So um, first of all, I wanted to, um, to say a few words of thanks. Myself, uh, I wanted to thank, of course, uh, the students of ABTI, as someone said. I, I was there as well about 10 years ago. And uh, it's so different to be on the other side, to be on the receiving side. It really makes a difference. It was really great what you did. uh, Miel, I think was the name. Yeah. She said that uh, we are different languages, and that's why they sing in different languages. But they didn't sing it in Italian. So that's really something that we should improve for next time. (laughs) Yeah, I would like to do it, but it's not really... Something among my skill set. But then I also wanted to thank the church indeed. Yesterday was with um, Gavin, Chad, uh, James, uh, and a few others in um, the, uh, Peter, in the, um, under the gazebo, doing the barbecue. And from there we could actually see most of the things that were going on. And indeed it was a blessing to see how many people were involved. So really you can pat yourself on the back. You really did a great job and uh, people were blessed. But also what I would like to say is that something that we never do very often, we take very much for granted, and that is where I want to embarrass Samuele. I would just say that we should really just give a round of applause to someone and uh, Anastasia for what they do. It's, uh, it's just not a matter of uh, job description, it's not a matter of because they're the pastor that they have to do it. it's how they do it. Elderly in the church and the thing that, uh, as the Bible says, we should learn how to honor those that deserve honor. And this is why, really, we want to honor you. And uh, the last things before you go into the preaching, so this is not even the introduction. (laughs) But don't worry, there is church lunch today. So what they're going to do is that if they get long, they're going to start serving the food. (laughs) That is the agreement, so don't worry. But the last things I want to apologize is, um, yeah, I'm a foreigner. I know I have a strong accent. Some people have actually said, oh, we it difficult to understand when you speak. And I can understand that. I was, uh, less than three days ago, I was uh, near uh, um, Birmingham with my wife, and we were visiting a castle, actually. And um, when we went there, there was uh, a part of the castle we couldn't find in the map. And so we decided to go into the gift shop and ask where it is. And the part of the gay shop was, uh, sorry, the part of the castle we were trying to look uh, for was a mill house. So, it's where they converted the power of the water into electricity. It was uh, something new for them in 1894. So, I went there politely, I waited in the queue, I went to the person in front and they said, Hello, can you please tell me how uh, can I go to the mill? And he said, "Well, you're in the wrong place. You should go to the cafeteria. We don't sell meal here." So then I understood, okay, there is no hope. I even tried to spell it, and by the grace of God, there was just a lady and out of pity, I guess. she so said, "Oh, you want to go to see the meal house?" Yes." And they gave us directions. So if you don't understand, I really pray that yeah, the Holy Spirit will speak today. We'll just guide you, and speak about the Holy Spirit, now on a more serious note. Just would like to invite you, if you haven't done it, to listen again to the preaching that was done last week by Samuele about the Holy Spirit. It's a very important topic for the church today, and it's something that, uh, yeah, we should be listening to. Jesus indeed does send someone of the same kind, as Samuele was uh, rightly pointing out, to help us in our journey with Christ. So I just hope that the same Holy Spirit uh, will just speak to our hearts today. The message I have today is um, nothing new. Is uh, really nothing new. Is uh, is a very old message. Something that all of us we have heard at some point. Are words that we have even said to other people. We have said to ourselves. We have been told so many times. And they're very basic words, very very simple. But as the time goes by, I just realize more and more sometimes we don't need so many new things. We're just going back to the basic. That was actually what was happening at the revival, 1500. Martin Luther just discovered an ancient truth that right, by faith that right I should be saved. But ancient truth they changed the world. So without trying to do anything new. Well, let's look at something that I hope will help all of us. As I said, it's something that all of us we hear from the seasoned Christian to the new one, actually even to those that are not Christian. You have heard these words. And as I said, we have said them are very, very simple, and it is trust in the Lord. Very simply that. As I said, it's not a very high, theologically deep sort of topic. But it's something I just would like to share with you. And I would like to share it because, as I said, even though we said it so many times, and people have told those words to us, there are times that we all fail in applying them in our lives. That is the reality. It's easy to say when everything is uh, sunny, shiny, everything goes well, it's easy to say, oh yeah, we trust God, isn't it? But then when we start to walk in a difficult path, then it starts to be a little bit more complicated. And uh, there are many reasons and many ways that uh, we just fail in that. And this is what I would like to talk about. And when we talk about trusting God, one of the main passages, that I know that uh, as soon as it comes on the screen, as soon as I will mention it, men will be able uh, even to quote it. And it's in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 5. Sorry, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. And this is what it says. As I said, a very famous word for those who are acquainted with the Bible that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your path. Again, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Now, no one knows what your future will hold. I don't. I don't know either what my future will hold. There will be a dark time ahead. We don't know. There are many things that three years ago we didn't know, most of us even what was a pandemic. We didn't expect for sure what happened uh, in the eastern part of Europe right now, between uh, Russia Ukraine. I guess that style jeep didn't expect that to happen to them. And there are so many things that are out of our control. There are so many things that we don't know. Maybe one of our family member will maybe get sick, we might lose a job, <laughs> there will be a financial crisis. No, I just want to preach, of course, uh, discouragement, for despair, is not that the idea. But the point is that those things are coming to us. We don't need to look for them, they'll find us at some point. That is what is the experience of most of us, if not all of us, in different ways, in different shape. This is exactly what happened many times. It is in those moments that we need really to, um, to step up. But The thing is, uh, in this passage, the thing that is striking the most at the beginning is that um, the author that he says to be Solomon is saying, uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and in all your circumstances. It's an exclusive topic. There is no halfway through. And when we decide not to give our whole heart, it's because we decide not to. Yeah. It's not the fault of anyone else. We have the option to choose, we have the option to trust. It's what we want to do with it. And as I said, this is something that will touch everyone. It doesn't matter if you're a seasoned person in the Bible, in the Christian journey, if you're just coming, or maybe you're just visiting, you're not even sure if uh, Christianity is for you. Well, spoiler alert, it is, it's for all of us, but the point is that uh, it applies to everyone. And the heart has already been said several times from this pulpit uh, is uh, the center of everything we are and we do. I was looking into out of curiosity into the encyclopedia, uh, a Christian encyclopedia, what the heart is in the Bible. And what it says is this, is uh, the total inner self, a person hidden core of being, with which one communes, which one pours out in prayer, words and deeds, and then what I like the most is this uh, sentence that says, is the genuine self distinguished from appearance, public position, or physical presence? In other words, it's who you are, the really you, not the one that sometimes we put masks on just to try to impress people, to be accepted, to be appreciated, but it's the real person. When we are in our closet, in our house, when we get the bad news, for example, how do we deal with that? in which place it's our art to be found. Now, the issue of having a divided heart was not a new concept, also for Solomon that wrote this, because his father told him this in 1 Chronicles 28.9. He says, And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a will in mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understand every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be fine by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Now, as I said, it's uh, just a simple thing. It's really straightforward. Trust. It's not that it's required for you to do the impossible. Just one thing, trust. And this was trust, as I said, is uh, it's a simple word, but not easy to follow. Many times we feel like Gideon. when uh, in judges there is the story of this, uh, of this man he was uh, hiding to threshing his um, grain because uh, the enemies were going there and just steal everything. And then suddenly there is an, uh, this portion of the Bible that also we're going to read. actually we're going to read several uh, bits in the Old Testament today, and also something the you new. Know. And this bit says like this. When the angel of the Lord appeared to him, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And then Gideon said, Pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. These were the enemies, and as we read that, I found myself so many times in that position, to ask God, why is this happening? Why am I praying for something? And I don't see the results. Before, um, I think, Leah and uh, Maria, I hope to get the name right. Like, somewhere I'm just really terrible with names, but not only that, but the thing is this, is that what they were saying during the interview, they were saying, what do you want to see? And I thought this was just a, an interesting question. What do you want to see? And they say, we want to see miracles, we want to see people to get saved, we want to see this, we want to see that. And they believe that in many of our hearts, when they were saying that, that we were maybe thinking about our parents, our relatives, that maybe are not saved, for example that we are praying for ease and ears and ears, or for a person that is dear to our hearts, is sick, maybe, is not yet seen coming true, and we find ourselves. We would like to see miracles, not for the sake of them, of course, but we want to see God moving among us, isn't it? We want to see things happening. We don't want just to grow in number, as we don't need people to hear to be here just to hit the seats and the place. We want to see people getting saved, getting right with God, starting with a new journey, where the name of the law will be magnified in them because people will see how they have been transformed. That's what we want, after all. And yet in this, there is these things that we don't know when it will come to happen. I've been praying for my parents for Many years now. I've been a Christian for about 20 years. I will not tell you my age. I take the same line of Becky. Uh, um, but the thing is this. I've been praying for them since they got saved, and they're not. But yeah, the, these that make God less faithful, or less worthy to be praised or to enjoy. It. But it's just a reminder for myself to keep trusting it. As I said, when we don't have a whole heart, when we don't give everything out, when we don't give all of who we are to God, it's because we decide to retain it. There are no other reasons. It's not the fault of the person of when all things will get into places, then I will. But we are calling the position where we are today. This June 4th, where you are, are you trusting Him? How are you deciding to trust him? Now, there was a man who went to to Jesus. It's a story that we read in Luke 10. And he was asking a question. He got an interesting answer from Jesus. And this is what it says. Jesus himself, uh, um, there was a... Well, let's read it from here. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is written in the law, how do you do it? And he answered, well, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, in your neighbor yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. It's interesting because this person knew the importance of being wholeheartedly given to God, and yet, Jesus then is telling him, well, Jen, just do it. So it's not enough to know the things. It's important that we put uh, in practice. But why? What are the reasons? If it is so simple, why we fail so often in this? And I have uh, put down five reasons for it, that I would like to go through them together. Just hoping, as I said, um, it's the idea is just to help each other. Something that I've thought about myself, the reason for me sometimes to fail. But I also hope that it will be something that will just trigger in our hearts and our minds to think about it. The first thing is that we think we know best. We think we're smarter than God, we can do, we can do better. become self-sufficient, Well, we're taught by society that, well, if you want to do something, you can. You can do whatever you want. I mean, you don't need anyone. If you put yourself into it, you can do it. Although there is truth in it, the Bible itself is speaking to us not to be lazy. Yeah, we know that uh, isn't really that straightforward. We are so dependent on God. We really need Him every day. We need His Holy Spirit to move in our life. If we want to live a life, that is really fulfilling, according to what God has prepared for all of us. We need the Holy Spirit. You know, do by ourselves. And uh, we should use. Uh, we should be going to God uh, on a daily basis as a first part of call, not as a last resort. And that's many times what I do. If there is a problem, well, in the past I've done like this. So well, I, I go down the same road. I get the solution is that they're saying, okay, God, how can we deal with that? They become clever, in a sense, isn't it? We have an a we go straight to get an aspirin or whatever we need. We don't go to see first God for healing. Just think, well, aspirin, will sort it out, I can do it by myself. Now, that's a silly example. Don't get me wrong with this. But it's just to say how simple it has become for us, to become self-sufficient in that. You have become like the Samson of the 21st century. If you read in, um, there will not be any scripture at the moment, but for those who want to take note, just six, Judge 16 is speaking about Samson. And the, the story of Samson is, I think it's kind of funny, and said at the same time. It was this man or this woman next to him, and this woman was, uh, every time, was tying him with rope. And then he was saying, Samson, the Philistine are against you. So he say, Well, I stand up, I have strength enough. He was a very powerful man. And they will get free, so they wouldn't catch him. So it happens the first time, the second time. At the point, something for me would ring the bell, there is something wrong. For him, he didn't. Why? Because at a certain point, he said the Bible that he thought. Uh, that all the other time, yeah, yeah. he could have done it. Because in the past, he was able to sort out itself, himself, the situation. It was also there. But the Bible says this sad thing. It says that he didn't know that the Lord had departed from him. He didn't realize that. He was thinking, well, I've done it in the past. I can do it. He was putting all himself as a first, and this is what we do many times. Voluntarily, involuntarily, maybe sometimes we don't realize it, but we try to sort out the situation with our own hands. there is a problem, we find a solution. And that shouldn't be the case. He also says that, um, trust in the law with all your heart, do not lean on your own understanding. Sometimes we boast about who we are. I'm sorry if I'm deflating your bubble. <laughs> I think everything is perfect, but that's who we are, and uh, just really want to be open, honest, vulnerable, and um, we need to stop to boast in so many ways. The Bible says that if there is something we should boast, it's in the Lord, and that's Jeremiah 9:23-24 says that says the Lord, "Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches." but let him boast boast in this, that he understands and knows me. I repeat that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declared the Lord. And the same is also Paul later on saying to the letter of the Galatians. He says that far be it from me, to boast in anything or anyone except in the cross. For our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom the world has been crucified to me and died to the world. Is this a good thing? It's a brilliant thing. Because it means that there is nothing that can actually impress me more than, doesn't matter what the world thinks about me, what God thinks about me. What do I think about God? This really will make a difference. The other thing I was thinking about, apart from being, um, try to be the best or to, um, yeah, try to play the role of God in my life, is also that we have become impatient. When I was a kid, it was, uh, we, we still had one of the old TV, maybe the new generation don't know. But the old TV, when you turn it on, it goes on, isn't it? But back then, you turn it on, you have to wait a few seconds. It doesn't pop up the the image straight away. And back then it was fine. The importance is that you could see what there was. But now that you are in an era where everything has to be quick, fast. I mean, when we see the spinning wheel on the Wi-Fi, and we see the spinning wheel on our phone, Buffering, please wait. The line, it goes so slow, stop. Then, and we say, oh, that's something wrong. No, we need to have it straight away. We have become so dependent on those things. And the thing that has to be all so quick. And we are not able anymore to wait. And the same is when we are so impatient and we are not able to wait upon the Lord. And there are two examples in the Bible that I would like to mention. One was with Abraham and Ishmael. Now, the story there is funny and doesn't make sense in our culture today. That's why the Bible should always be taken by us, traveling back in time, just to set the stage where things happen. And what was happening is, uh, to cut the story short, you can read it as I said, it's in um, Genesis, to be precise, Genesis 16. At a certain point, uh, uh, Abram couldn't have a child with his wife. His wife got a brilliant idea, get my servant. I mean, it's not something that we would do today, but that's what they did. They said, well, get my servant, so I will have a child through her. And what is more uh, weird for us is that the husband say, okay, fine, I'll do that. We cannot understand, but that was an example where... Uh, Abraham wasn't able. Abraham and Sarah skipped the part of waiting upon the Lord. And the same is also what happened with Saul. One of the errors that led to our um, defeat as a king was his impatience. There was an instance in uh, 1 Samuel 13, where uh, Samuel, the prophet at the time that was representing God, was the one that was called to make sacrifices and so on, just to give you a little bit of background told Saul, just wait for me seven days, I'll be there, and we will offer a sacrifice. Saul didn't wait because he thought he could do it. He didn't want to wait. He said then to Samuel, oh, people will start to scatter away, I got scared, I wanted to please people. This is another word, of course. But it is that he didn't wait, he offered the sacrifices, and that really displeased the Lord. And the same is with us. We should learn not to be impatient. Both acts had set consequences. And uh, we are not sometimes exactly in the same position. That we try to get faster than God. We are not willing <laughs> to wait the answer. I don't know you, but when I was a kid, I was start to do, try to do deal with God. If you do this, then it means that. If you give me, then it means, if this happens, then I will uh, get that. It's like if in England you say, if tomorrow rains, then this is your answer. Well, actually, it, because it rains almost every day, <laughs> so you never know, it's sort of a roulette. It's really something sort of, uh, you never know. So, but it's not really this the idea, is that we should be patient on the Lord. Another thing is uh, that we have become, and we have learned to be dependent on others. And what I say by that is that uh, we have grown that habit, that as soon as things get hard, we run to someone else. We like, become like the barnacle under a ship. They attach to it. They don't move. Although in the church, uh, we have been given uh, people, we have been given uh, brothers, sisters, that can be for us an help, that can be for us uh, a guide, a source of encouragement. Of course, this is the plan of God that we should live together. That was also, Samuel preached in the last two, three weeks. He was preaching about how the church started. One was fellowship. The fellowship that they had in Acts 2. And it's important, the fellowship. But sometimes you also have to learn not to depend on people. We can go to God. We can go straight to him. Since Christ died on the cross, uh, I think it was also mentioned by the student at some point uh, that we can have a direct access to Him. It was not like the Old Testament, that it was just a few people. But all of us, we can freely go. We shouldn't be surprised then if uh, people fail us, because we're living in a failed world. Yeah. And men, as much as they're good people, well, men and women, of course, but as much as they are good people, honest, and try to do their best. There will be times that will let us down. But God never will. That's why we should always be going to God. It's like we want to go to the doctor. If you have someone who is sick in your house, you don't go there just to the pharmacist. But if you want to see someone because something is serious and bothering you, you will go to the specialist. Isn't it? You will go to the one who knows the most. Isn't among us Christ? God who knows the most, the creator of heaven and earth. is not either one who should be our first part of call. I thank God for all the people in my life that have been an encouragement, that have been help in so many ways. But the thing is this, shouldn't we depend more on God? And that's something that, again, it's just something for us to ponder about. Another thing is also that we have forgotten who he is and what he has done for us and what he can do. As much as we are Christians, Christian, many times we have forgotten where we came from. We have forgotten what he can do. Isaiah 59, 1, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, or is ear dull that he cannot hear? And this one was a prophecy that was given to a specific time, to specific people, that they should have known who was God. They had this big heritage. They knew what God has done for them. And yet, Isaiah had to remind them that the hand of the Lord is not shortened and the ear is not dull. David himself, we know that he was a man according to God's own heart. He had to remind himself about the goodness of God. He had to remind himself of what God has done in the past in order to face the future. And this is what he said in Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed by the ego. I don't know if you have noticed so many all. All your diseases, for example. And um, forgive all your iniquities. Don't forget all his benefits. Is this word all continuing, recurring, coming up? He can do all this, all. There is nothing that is out of the scope, of, out of the reach of his hands. But many times we end up doing like uh, the people at the time of Jeremiah. That's what we do. We try to find out our own solution. We forget who Christ is, who God has done for us so far. And we end up like what we read in uh, Jeremiah 2, verse 13, that says, um, For my people have committed to evils, evils. they have forsaken me. That was the first thing that they did wrong. And the second one is that they have built systems for themselves broken sister that cannot hold water. That's what they did. They chose another path. Uh, they didn't go back to Paul. And Jeremiah is happening many years after there was uh, the exodus, many years after the patriarch and so on. So there was again also there, uh, there was some background we could stand from. And those in the Old Testament, so many times, uh, they are inviting people to build pillars just to remind themselves what God has done. And the thing we should learn in our hearts, we also write it down in our Bible or in a piece of paper. Let's just put it down as an exercise. Let's just take some time. Maybe this evening or during the week, just to write down what God has done for you. Until now, how often he has answered your question, your prayer, or taken out of trouble. And as long as you do that, just keep it in your Bible, and every now and then look at it in times of darkness in times of doubt take out the book, so that it becomes more and more personal it will remind what he has done in your life not in the life of the people but what he has done in your life and the last things, as I said we've looked at the moment of four things so far so, we think we can know we know best we have become impatient We have learned off to the end, we have forgotten who He is. And then the last thing is uh, that we get so easily scared in our day. We fear so much about everything. An example is a few months ago, well, almost a year I guess now, just to take an example that is um, not really related uh, to anyone in particular, uh, is uh, when uh, in the news, I don't know if you remember, when they would say there was a shortage of fuel. Our people got scared that you couldn't find fuel anywhere. Back then with Tina, we were uh, traveling every day to Cambridge, so we needed to do fuel every couple of days, and sometimes we have to go around 10, 12 different stations just to find some uh, fuel to put in the car. So how easily people get scared? And the more we read the news, I mean, sometimes I stop to read the news for a few days. It's just because they are so discouraging every time. Oh, a new, one of the last things, is, so in these last days it seems that now they're thinking that there is a black hole in the universe that could suck up all the energy. And people get scared, and they forget that we have a creator that is strong and can do above and beyond what we think of imagining. I don't know if many of us are familiar with the story, with the book from John Bunyan, The Pilgrim Progress. If you haven't just read it, it's wonderful today. It's an allegory, it's a, it's a story, in a sense, it's a dream. It's put down in the form of a dream of the author. And one of the things that he is uh, um, saying is at um, a certain point, uh, uh, the main character, Christian, is going from the land of perdition to the celestial city. He found himself with another guy called Hopeful. And what they do is that as they walk to a path, um, they see another one that seems similar, and they think to switch. Let's go to a different path. And they end up in a castle whose giant and owner, it's called despair. They're put in a cage, and Christian, starts to despair because he thinks, oh, we can never do that. We will never go out. We will die here. And of course, the story goes that this giant that tried to make the most of their life miserable, but he cannot really take their life. It can only make their life miserable, hoping that at a certain point, they will not take their own life, as much as they get into despair. This is an allegory, but unfortunately, so many times it's true, that we get and we give way to despair. We cannot see farther, our own eyes, we forget what is the greatest picture, what is the greater plan of God. We forget that fear may come, but joy comes in the morning. There is always hope. And in the story told by Banyan, there is this guy hopeful that he keeps encouraging. Christian saying, come on, God has been good with us, we are arrived here. And is there then something just stick in the mind and in the heart of Christ? And he says, oh yeah, I remember, actually, he was given a key called the promise by which I can open the cage. And if we bring it in our own world, how many are the promises of God? How many are they They should give us hope for the future? They should have given us the strength to face whatever is on our way. God still wants to do a work in our lives. He wants. it is not really put off if you have doubted him. He's not put off if uh, we are not trusting him right now. He wants that we go to him. It's like in the story of Job. This man who was thinking he was sort of a self-righteous person. And when uh, he was um, deprived of his children, of all his wealth, of all his health... Is start to accuse God, thinking, well, why good things happen to bad people? That could be maybe the outline of the book. Why good things happen to bad people? But then without going into details, at the end, this is what they say, what Job says, in verse 5 of chapter 42. And he says, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. And this is exactly the same thing we can experience every day as long as we decide to trust God. As I was saying before, we all recognize that trust God when everything goes smoothly, it's easy. But the Bible has many promises to us. Someone has even counted them. It says that there are 366. I personally haven't done it. But it's true that we can read so many times passages that are encouraging us to push forward that are encouraging us not to give up, that are encouraging us that despite what are the circumstances, he will be with us saying that uh, even though there will be a flood, even though there will be fire, we will go through that. That there is nothing impossible for him. And this is really what I would like uh, for us to take today. Of course, the first step, they say, to solve a problem is to recognize that there is one. So if you recognize today that indeed there are some areas that you have not yet given completely to God, just give them today. If there are things that are bothering you, that make you fear or answer that you don't see, but you find yourself like in Psalm 23, walking the valley of the shadow of death, trust in the Lord. Do not give up. The Bible promised that He will make your path straight. Other versions say, shall direct your path, will clear the road for you to follow, will show you which path to take, will make your path straight and smooth. So, despite whichever version we use, the idea is that um, we are on a journey here. Let's make the most of it. Life on earth is not everything that there is. As Christian in the figure in Progress, we are heading towards the celestial city. Yeah. There will be difficulties, yes. You will find moments, almost to despair, yes, there will be. That's not being a prophet. It's just how it will be. But it's in those moments, that I hope you will remember that God is good. Yeah. That is worthy to be trusted completely. That we learn how to put away our arms. Um, our self righteousness, or when we think we can do it by ourselves, let's just run to Christ. His arms are wide open, like in the story of uh, the prodigal son, are wide open. Will you take a step today? I would like to invite you to stand up for a moment, please. I have at the end, I just would like to ask you to close your eyes. As I said, it's the word is, it was not something new. It's something that, um, especially if you've been a Christian, we have read and uh, have been told so many times. But so many times when we keep repeating the things, they just go into becoming an habit. And they lose, they lose the reality. And they just pray that um, we will just check our hearts today. Just to see if there is uh, any, anything at all that is... Uh, Pre preventing to experiencing this freedom that God is speaking about, this guide this um, fellowship that He wants us to have and also for um, maybe people that are uh, here for the first time you might think well that's well maybe it doesn't even apply to me I don 't know either if uh, God is real why are you don 't test him why are you don't trust him today that uh, a new journey can start. Something new can happen. As I said, it's a very simple word. It's just up to us to take it or leave it. No one else can do it for you. Many people can give you good words of advice, but it really boils down to what will you do? It's a personal choice. And I don't know if... Um, if you're experiencing something for which you would like to have prayer for, that you recognize that uh, maybe you're not fully trusting, we can maybe come, you can come here in front. There'll be no judgment or anything. we are all in the same boat. But if you want to receive prayer, just come in front. We will pray for you. Because it's something, as I said, that we all will face at a certain point in our life. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are people that are maybe struggling to put the whole heart in trusting, fully in God. And again, there is no judgment. Just give you an opportunity just to be assigned, to help you, to be with you. As people have been with us, with me in the past. So I just leave it to you. If in you in God, or if you want to come in front, we will pray for you.
1: Hallelujah hallelujah thank you jesus thank you lord god whatever is holding you back today maybe you're impatient maybe you're fearful maybe what we just heard as well maybe it's like a physical a mental condition i think the message was clear today believe trust in god with all your heart do not lean on your own understanding commit all your ways to the lord and he will make your path straight. Acknowledge Him. Acknowledging, Acknowledge Christ over your life, over your family, over your situations, over your job, over your colleagues, over your friend, over your mind, over your heart. Acknowledge the Lordship of Christ. Hallelujah. Allow Him to sit in the throne of your life and He will make your path straight. He will lead you from victory to victory. Hallelujah. And and even when you will walk in the valley of shadow and death, of pain, of sorrow. He promised He's going to be there with you. He's going to carry you. He's going to look after you, after your need. There is no need for you to be worried today. Do not worry about your tomorrow let tomorrow worry about itself we thank you lord jesus because you are wonderful we thank you for your presence in our hearts we thank you because we are not alone we are not forsaken but because you are with us we thank you jesus for the cross this wonderful gift of grace we thank you holy spirit for your presence in our life for how you you're guiding us every day you're giving us strength You're there to support us, to pick us up, when we fall. We thank you, Lord, because you thought, God, about everything. And one day, we'll see you face to face. What a joy what that day will be. We thank you, Lord God, for the IBTI students. We thank you for their lives, for their hearts, for their desire to serve you, Lord God. And I just want to pray for each one of them, Lord. Actually, you know guys, why don't you come here? All the IBTI students, you can stop playing. Just come here in front. We're going to pray for you. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for you. Come on, all of you. Come. You can actually stand here on stage all together. We're going to pray for you, for each one of you. Why don't you, whatever you are, just stretch your hands towards them. God, we thank you for this wonderful group of students, young people. We thank you for the work that you're doing in their lives, Lord God. And we pray right now, Lord God, that you will always be with them. Wherever they go, whatever they will experience, whatever need they're going through, That you will actually introduce yourself to them as their provider, as the one who wants to bless them, as their healer, Lord. If there is any of them who is struggling physically, mentally, Lord, they will, they will acknowledge you and experience you as, as the God who can heal if it is finances that they need that they will experience acknowledge you as the God who can provide if it is loneliness if it, if, it, if, it, if it is any personal internal struggle that they will actually get to know you for the God who looks after them who loves them and, so, and who care for them Lord God so we thank you for their lives and we pray that you will bless them As they are now approaching graduation, Lord God, for those who have done this past six months, for those who are coming back for the next step in the course of the IBTI, that you will be with them. You will open a way for them, Lord God. We thank you for their lives, Lord God. We thank you because we were honored in having them here today. And to listen from them and to be blessed by them. We thank you, Father God. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 Just a reminder, we're going to have church lunch, so just don't rush off. If you didn't bring any food, just, you know, stick around. You know, we've got plenty of food, and we're going to have some wonderful fellowship together. If you would like to get to know more of the students, why don't you approach them? You know, uh, they all speak English. Maybe you'll have to tune up your ear a little bit with their accents, but, you know, just, you know, approach them, introduce yourself, have a wonderful time with them. God bless you.